Graham, I don't hate Tom Brady. Do you hate Tom Brady? Yeah, I hate Tom Brady. I definitely hate Tom Brady. He's got a big dream board with like it's just got Tom Brady's head on it and arrows in it. Yeah. yeah. Because you're such a huge Bills fan, when was the last time you were this excited about a Buffalo Bills signal caller? I would say never. Never felt this optimistic at all. The future of the franchise is locked in. And let's talk Bills. I'm your host, Eric, joined as always by my good buddy, Graham. What's up, Graham? How you doing, man? Getting pretty pumped for week one? Oh, yeah. You know it. You getting pumped in the nice fresh air of Westchester right now? Yeah, that's right. I'm outside, so there might be some noise, some birds, some uh, crickets, some lawnmowers, some wind. Yeah, it might rain on me thing. soon, so okay. yeah. Um, one of the downsides of being outside, but hopefully the audio will hang in there. But yeah, well, I'm, I'm outside sure and uh, looking forward to the Bills game, obviously, but also I'm just generally pumped for the season to start. I can't even wait for tomorrow night's game. Yeah, definitely, and I mean... So we've got a lot to talk about today, right? We've got everything from the start of the season and some interesting stuff that you had read about with the playoff teams to the latest happenings in the European League of Football. But I think a good starting point uh, could be the 53-man roster, the Buffalo Bills, yeah? They made their final cuts, and so we got to see or say goodbye, I guess, to some of our favorite faces. So, Graham, what were your initial thoughts from the 53-man roster release? Well, we did an episode where we went through and talked about who we thought would make the team. We even guaranteed some players. So we said, you know, this is what we think the 53-man roster could be. A soft guarantee, right? I I think we were pretty adamant that we knew exactly. You, at, at one point, said you could pick the whole offensive line right now and, uh, there would be no questions yeah. about it. So I think we were pretty firm in our predictions. Um, it doesn't sound right, but anyway. We were wrong about one guaranteed player um, for reasons we'll get into that are, you know, it's kind of like semantics. But we did each guarantee that a player would make the team who did not end up making the team. So that's a little bit embarrassing for us. So I guess my first takeaway was uh, I guaranteed that Jacob Hollister would make the team because I just didn't see the Bills going into this season with only Dawson Knox and Tommy Sweeney. Um, But Jacob Hollister didn't make the team, so that was a surprising cut for me. Right. Yeah, I mean, by all reports, he looked good in the offseason, you know, fluid, athletic out there. And it makes you wonder, like, what does Tommy Sweeney have on this Bills staff? Drafted in, what was it, 2019, I think, in the seventh round, so it's not like he's got a super high draft pedigree or anything. Didn't really show much on the field. Has kind of been injured or sick or a combination of both. Good-looking dude, though. I was looking at his uh, combine, like, preview or whatever. Good-looking kid. Well, you know, for for a guy who was picked as late as he was, with as little tape as he has, it is surprising that they're not even willing to just try to get him on the practice squad. You know, know, they're so afraid of him getting picked up that they need him on the active roster. So he must be a, you know, a prodigy waiting to bloom this season. Yeah. But that was, was surprising. 
Uh, the other guarantee came from you. Uh, you guaranteed that Forrest Lamp would make this team on the offensive line, and he was uh, an early cut. So we each yeah, kind of had... He burns the Chargers. They they wasted a second-round draft pick on him, and then he goes and he burns me when I'm all about the, his redemption tour coming up. But Just a path of destruction in his wake. He's burning all his bridges. Yeah. So we each take one on the chin, I guess, for a guarantee that didn't pan out. Now, we did guarantee that Reed Ferguson would make the team as well, and technically he did not make the initial 53-man roster, but he was re-signed to the Bills and handed a little bit of extra something by uh, being in McDermott for his trouble. So I would say technically, well, technically he is on the team now, so he didn't make the 53, but is on the team um, and uh, we talked about this. The reason that that happened is so that they could get Marquez Stevenson on the roster without mm-hmm. having to put him on season-ending IR. So they put him on IR, but it's only a three-week minimum IR, whereas if they had just put him on IR before cuts, it would have been the whole season. So Reed Ferguson yeah. ended up being that little chess piece that they used to do that nifty little trick. Uh, so we probably shouldn't beat ourselves up too much about that one. It makes you wonder, though, what happens uh... – Who's, who's next up on the block if, or when, I should say, Marquez Stevenson comes back, you know? Right. Uh, if and when he comes back, they're going to have to let somebody go. And, uh, you know, we'll have to Look, deal with that in three weeks. But Looking you at you, then, defensive line. Yeah, for sure. Maybe a trade coming up in the next couple weeks. They were able to offload Daryl Johnson, um, which still yeah. talking about the 53. I predicted that Daryl Johnson would make the team. And I said it would be a great opportunity to trade away F.A. Obata. Uh, they didn't do that. They did the reverse. They kept F.A. Obata. And to your credit, you had making the final 53. And they mm, traded Daryl Johnson for a sixth-round pick. So yeah. um, they got something for him. But, you know, not necessarily a, a huge asset. Yeah, right. Another perhaps future Rashad Wild Goose in that sixth-round draft pick range. Yeah. Sure. Well, speaking of Rashad Wild Goose, a player we both had making the 53 who did not. He was yeah. cut, but he he is on the practice squad, so he made it to the Bills practice squad. Uh, a couple other players, not to talk about the 53 for too long, but um, I did not have Taiwan Jones making the roster. You did. You get credit for that one. Uh, you did not have Saran Neal or DeMar Hamlin making the roster, and I did. So we yeah. completely balanced out, actually. Of the 53... We each correctly predicted 47. So a mm-hmm. total wash, an absolute tie. Nice. nice. I'm really kicking myself over Damar Hamlin because right, I think that was like my last pick, and I had liked Damar Hamlin the whole offseason, but for some reason I just I went against my gut instinct and let you have him. Damn it. Yeah, and if I was being honest with myself through most of training camp, I didn't think he was going to make it, but he had a pretty great last couple preseason games, supposedly, and good for him making that final 53. So maybe we should talk briefly then about our rookies that we picked, uh, because now that we know the 53, we've got a little point system for mm-hmm. the two of us. Um, we did an episode early on where we, we sort of I think we can rookies. skip over this part. It's not so important, right? <laughs> we each drafted five rookies, and I think the plan is to do this each year and add yeah. to our team of rookies. Um, and of the five who I drafted, 
the only one who did not make the 53 was my boy Cyrus Tweetly, who I don't think has landed on an NFL roster yet. And I don't think that's how you say his name, but yeah. Uh, beg to differ. And then of your five rookies, um, Rashad Wild, Goose Jack Anderson, and Nick McLeod were all cut. So right. gives me a bit of an advantage. Now you do get a bonus something amount of points, I'll have to check, because Nick McLeod was picked up by Cincinnati. So he was cut right. and made a different 53. Uh, so you get a bonus 20 points, it looks like, for that one. So one of your cut players made another 53, and and that's going to benefit you. But currently our point total is uh, 240 points for me and 140 for you. So I'm off to an early lead in this very long-term fantasy game we've got going. Right. Yep. And um, in terms of cuts around the league, Graham, we've got a couple cuts that affect the Bills because they're – I should say transactions that affect the Bills because they are within the division. And those would be the Jets trade with the Vikings to send Chris Herndon over to Minnesota for a fourth-round draft pick, I think. Yeah. Um, Minnesota's tight end, Irv Smith, went down with a knee injury, and they don't know how long he's going to be out. And Chris Herndon, who really bottomed out under the Adam Gaze um, tenure, but who didn't? shown a lot of promise. Yeah, who didn't exactly, but had shown a lot of promise uh, before that. We'll see if, or initially as a rookie, we'll see if he can kind of pick back up with that potential in Minnesota. And then the other major move was the uh, yeah the Patriots' release of Cam Newton. That was totally shocking to me. Yeah, right? I, I didn't see any way that the Patriots wouldn't at least want to have him to mentor McCorkle Jones, get it, though. like yeah, McCorkle Jones. <laughs> nice. um, I kind of get it though, just because like you hear um, Cam Newton is talked about as the alpha dog of alpha dogs, right? If you think of an NFL football team, it's filled with just like the guys who were superstars in high school, and they've all been the man for so long. But Cam Newton is like the man of the men, and to have a personality like that on the bench, I think is really just isn't great for locker room dynamics and stuff. I mean, yeah, Mac Jones is a rookie. He's going to have rookie struggles. And when you've got such a magnetic personality, personality like Cam Newton on the bench, I think older players are going to be looking and being like, why aren't we playing this guy? If, and probably when Mac Jones does encounter those rookie struggles. And the other thing is like, this is going to keep him, Cam Newton, I mean, from probably finding another job anytime soon because there's going to have to be a major injury in my mind to a starter um, before he can get signed by a team because of the same thing. They're not going to want to sign some dude like Cam Newton to sit in their locker room or sit on the bench. Yeah, maybe it's not fair to make too many assumptions about his personality, but he certainly doesn't strike me as the kind of guy who would be happy to sit behind a young kid and mentor him. It, definitely not like Ryan Fitzpatrick last year with Tua, right? Not that type of guy. So yeah. if you think that he's going to be a toxic personality, or maybe that's not even fair. Maybe you just think, like you said, that having a guy like that isn't good um, because the team might assume that he would be a better option at quarterback when things go sour. Yeah, maybe yeah. You, I mean, you don't need him around. Exactly. I'm not going to make any presumptions about him being toxic, but I do know that like, you know, young players in this league look at Cam Newton the same way that other older players in the league looked at Michael Vick, right? Um, 
he's just a huge has been a superstar for a really long time and i think it's it's just a weird thing to have a guy like that suddenly who from what it sounds like he feels like he can play be on the uh bench do you see him starting a game in the nfl this year yeah yeah for sure unless uh, he said something recently like maybe in the last couple of days that he's got a lot to get off his chest and he's got a lot to talk about. Um, some people have said maybe you know he's making a retirement announcement or something like that. I don't think if he doesn't retire, if he wants to play, I think he will start a game this year. I think so too. I think the first team with legitimate playoff aspirations that loses their quarterback is going to call him first. All right. So, yeah. I mean, who's to say we might not even – be done seeing him in the division, right? Uh, if sure. Tua struggles or, or has some sort of injury, which he's you know known to have, I mean they do have Jacoby Brissett behind him, but Cam Newton, man, he could look really attractive, uh, like an attractive option late in the season for a playoff yeah. push. Um, the other transaction of note regarding the Bills was the Raiders' decision to pay John Smokey Brown, former. Bills wide receiver, um, I think three point two five million guaranteed this offseason. Yeah, they gave him a load of guaranteed money, and then they cut him. So, not a good look. So he's Mike. still out there. So, uh, yeah. Hey. But you, you and I have talked about this before. I know people love Smokey Brown, and he was awesome his first year in Buffalo. But when people talk about oh, he was a great receiver last year despite the injuries and stuff like that. I never saw that when I watched the Bills. It seemed to me like every time Josh had a throw that looked dangerous or almost, you know, a defender almost was able to make a play on it, it seemed like it was in the direction of Smokey Brown, especially late in the season. So, I don't know. I can't say that I dissected his play to the point where I I was noticing him being a liability to any degree. Um, but one of my favorite memories of the past few seasons was actually the, the Bills opening against the Jets in New York. Uh, that would have been two years ago, and the Bills were losing that game like 16-0 going into the fourth quarter, I think. Right. And it was a John Brown touchdown that put him over the edge at the very end of the game to win it. And it was a pretty good play by him, too. It was like a sort of a Hail Mary almost throw from Josh. It was a nice throw, and then he turned it into a touchdown, so... I like John Brown. He seems like a good personality to have in the room, and I was sad to see him go, although he's too expensive for for a roster like this. So I don't expect to see him back on the team. But yeah, and if I don't he think found he his way onto the practice team. squad or something as a veteran, then uh, I wouldn't hate it. No, I mean, I don't think he has a place on this team either. Like I said, they're set at wide receiver. There's no need. I agree. Okay, All so right. those are the, right. uh, yeah, the league news. That we wanted to get into. So then um, we should get into talking about this coming week then. We got week one coming up. Huge game. Yeah, baby. Against the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's going to be at home. I'm going to this game. Are you really? Super pumped about. Yeah. We're we're driving up to Buffalo on Friday night. And then we're uh, jumping in a camper. And we're going to spend the weekend in the camper lot. Um go to the game and everything it's gonna be awesome yeah i'm jealous i'm really jealous so i'll send some pictures that you can relay to the intern that can sit on the uh his phone for a few weeks as is tradition i've sent him some warnings believe you me (laughs) 
He's he knows that he's uh yeah. He knows his job's on the hot seat. All right. Yeah, for sure. I've never actually spoken to him. He's he's only here on your recommendation, so he yeah, stinks. Well, he's making you look bad. <laughs> his, his English is not so good, so you know. Maybe that's a a factor, but whatever. Um yeah, Graham, let's get started with this kind of uh what do you want to do here? Do you want to go position by position? Do you want to talk overall uh, thoughts leading into the game first. How do you want to do this? Let's talk position by position, and then kind of we can discuss where we see the Pittsburgh Steelers landing this year. Um, you know, overall, I think what we can do is we can look at the quarterback group, we can look at the skill positions, we can look at the offensive line if we have anything to say about that, uh, front seven and secondary, and just kind of see which team has the better of the two in each case. Right. So let's start at quarterback. Between Pittsburgh and Buffalo, which team would you say has the advantage at the quarterback position? Ooh, um, I mean, if this were three years ago, if we, this were the Ben Roethlisberger of three years ago, this would be a much harder uh, decision. But right now, it's got to be Josh Allen, no doubt in my mind. Yeah, I would give the edge to Josh over Ben Roethlisberger, who at this point is just like a crusty old Pillsbury doughboy with no knees. No, no, that's a common misconception, Graham. People have talked about how svelte Big Ben is looking this uh, offseason, and, you know, I believe him, but I think his arm is just shot. Like, his elbow got effed up, and I don't think that he's anywhere near the quarterback he used to be, just in terms of throwing the ball, let alone, like, you know, the mobility that he had when he was younger and stuff. There may never be a, a clearer division between the drop-off point of a player's career. Uh, a better example of that than you have in Ben Roethlisberger. With last year going 11-0, and that, that team went 11-0, and and then just yeah. hit a brick wall, and they haven't won a game since, and they, they, that may continue. That trend may continue. I think the Bills are six-and-a-half-point favorites here. So it doesn't the seem only, like there's... Sure. Yeah. The only career that really, you know comes to mind when I think about that is unfortunately Peyton Manning's yeah going from being dominant with the Broncos to being just a shell of himself as they as the Broncos defense carried his uh, decrepit body into the playoffs and through the Super Bowl win (laughs) well I don't think the Steelers have what the 15 Broncos or whoever that was had uh for Peyton Manning so um yeah, let's give the edge to Josh Allen here and move on to the skill positions. So for skill positions, we could say running backs, wide receivers, tight ends, throw them all in a bucket. Um, in the skill position category, I, I'd i be tempted to give the Steelers the nod here because yeah. we don't have a standout running back necessarily. I, I like the Bills running backs fine, but, you know, Najee Harris is a premier draft pick. And... Um, our tight end situation is nothing to write home about, at least their production to this point. So our receiver group, I, I like, but, you know, they've got Chase Claypool, Deontay Johnson, Ju- Juju Smith-Schuster. They're doing fine at wideout. So I would say their skill positions maybe are a little bit superior to the Bills. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm going to make it a draw, actually. I think that Najee Harris is going to be a great running back in the league, but he's a rookie. I like what I saw from Devin Singletary this offseason, uh, this preseason, really. And hopefully Zach Moss can 
take the next step forward. And I think, yeah, the Steelers might, eh. I think that the Bills' top receiver, Stephon Diggs, beats anybody that you want to consider the Steelers' top top receiver by a long shot, and then the rest is just kind of a wash. So I'll give receiver, actually, to the Bills, and then tight end is, eh. Neither team has great tight ends, but I do like Pat Fryermuth for the Steelers. So, oh yeah, I was just thinking Eric Ebron, and I think he's a little more established than Dawson Knox, obviously, but still yeah. not not a a game breaker by any means. Yeah, Pat Fryermuth um, though, he's a guy to keep an eye on. I'm telling you. Yeah, did he have a good preseason? Yeah, I think he looked good, but he was also just you know people slept on him in the draft. He, I think, headed into his last year of college, he was looked at like he and Kyle Pitts were the two guys. So, you know, someone to keep an eye on. All right, offensive line, Graham, who do you got for uh, the advantage there? Yeah, I'm not like an offensive line guru by any means, um, but just from looking at a snapshot of the Steelers' offensive line, they're starting two rookies Mm -hmm. um, on the offensive line, one at left tackle and one at center. So that that doesn't necessarily bode well. Uh, the other thing is I can just look at the pro football focus grades of the offensive linemen who did play last year, mm-hmm. and none of them graded better than 28th of the offensive linemen in their group last year. And in fact, their right guard and right tackle graded 79th out of 80 and 70th out of 80 in their group. So I, I think their offensive line is pretty bad for yeah. what I'm able to no analyze. Doubt. Our offensive line isn't our strength, but I'm going to give the edge to the Bills just based on what I'm looking at here. Yep, I agree. I have nothing more to add. I this mean, would be uh, that, the Steelers' I think offensive line looked overmatched in the playoffs, uh, and that was a much stronger unit than the one that we see on paper right now. So, yeah, got to give it to the Bills here. Yeah, Ben's going to have to get rid of that ball in like less than a second. Well, good thing he does that already. I think he's right. like pretty well known for doing that. Yeah. Sure. I think that this is a perfect game. Just one more thing for the offensive line. It's like the perfect warm-up for our defensive front. You can let these guys kind of mm. go crazy and exploit the weaknesses of, of some of these rookies. Um, so hopefully that will be a huge mismatch. Yeah, well, speaking of that, and we might as well get into the defensive line right off the bat yeah. right here. Um, but T.J. Watt, I think, is still kind of – up in the air about whether he even plays, right? Because he and the Steelers are in the middle of some contract dispute. Um, the Steelers have, like, these crazy rules that they stick to hard with, like, uh, I think the first one is they don't guarantee veteran contracts after the first year. The second rule is that they do not um, negotiate contracts during the season. So we could see a very unhappy T.J. Watt being told by the Steelers, Either you suit up and play for, for us or, you know, he's going to do a holdout or something if he doesn't get the contract. Yeah, I, I don't think at this point it doesn't seem like he's going to play. Like if he hasn't practiced through Wednesday of week one with the team, yeah. he's been practicing in like individual drills and things like that. But he hasn't been practicing with the team because he's trying to get a new contract. Sure. So I think he's the difference maker here. They do have a front seven, I think, probably just by – name recognition alone that's superior to the Bills, but if T.J. Watt doesn't play, then the Bills have the edge. Um, but, you know, they, they still have 
uh, Melvin Ingram, who's getting up there in age. He's 32. Uh, mm. They've got Cameron Hayward in the interior. And Tyson Alu-Alu, something. Yep. But he's like 34. They've got a very he's old defensive already? front. Holy crap. Yeah. So they've got an old defensive front, um, but they yeah, do have talent. Good, Devin Bush, obviously, still, you know, flying around. But um, I'm going to give the edge to the Steelers if TJ Watt plays because he's such a premier defensive end. And you're talking front seven, not defensive line, right? Right, yeah. Let's lump the whole linebacker. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say because the Steelers run that 3-4, so it's kind of like TJ Watt's a defensive end, but he's also a linebacker. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, I have nothing – no arguments with your logic there. Uh, I feel like the Steelers are just a little bit better at each and every position in the front seven, so giving it to them. So let's dip into the secondary then, uh, because this is maybe a little bit closer of, of a yeah. matchup. Obviously, Minka Fitzpatrick is one of the best safeties in the league, and he can you know ruin a game. I don't, I don't even know how many picks he had. He had a ton of picks last year. Whenever it was he switched over from um, Miami to the Steelers, but uh, then you got Terrell Edmonds, the other safety. Our cornerbacks are superior. Um, they've got Joe Hayden. He's thirty-two. At one time, a great corner in the league, but other than Levi Wallace, our secondary I think matches up better than every. Uh, member of their secondary, so I'm going to give us the nod, although it does seem like they've got talent there. Yeah, definitely. I, I was surprised when you said this seems a little bit closer. In my mind, this is not close. I think the Bills' secondary blows the Steelers out of the water. With the exception of Minka Fitzpatrick, um, there's no player on the Steelers' back end that is better than a Bills player, I feel like, including Joe Hayden, who, you know, as you said, has been a really good player in the league for a long time, but he's old man and he's a cornerback. That's and he's small, <laughs> which all not good. Not uh, good. Doesn't make for a good when mixture. you're 32 to have small yeah. stature be your thing. Small and slow. And Terrell Edmonds, like people talk, <clears throat> excuse me, people talk about him because he was a first round draft pick and he's you know Tremaine's brother and everything. He's not that good, I don't think. People were talking about him as maybe. You know, not even making the team. He got his fifth-year option declined and everything, so it seems like the Steelers themselves are not even that high on him. So then we're in agreement that we have the edge in that position. It seems like, in general, the Bills have the better roster, which I would have said before we even went position by position is probably the case. Right. Um, the Steelers are... In- seemingly an aging team their coach is aging their quarterback is aging um you know it's time for them to descend into rebuild purgatory did you just totally swim past the special teams i did uh do you want to dive in important part what really all right let's do it I mean, the Bills have the advantage, no doubt, but I just can't sure. believe you disrespect you the special teams like that. I I can honestly say I even thought about special teams and then <laughs> said, no. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't matter. What, oh, you want to compare kickers? Yeah. Well, Chris Boswell is on his way out, so 
Tyler Bass obviously gets the nod, but I don't know enough about their punter, so yeah, I'm not going to say anything. Well, so you're going to sit here and complain that we didn't talk about it and then not well, I, I want to give them some credit for being on the team. I'm not just no. going to ignore their existence. They should be thankful they get paychecks. On to the what next about, segment. What about coaching, huh? Yeah, well, we could talk about the coaching. Uh, that's probably worthwhile. Obviously, Mike Tomlin has a much more robust resume, so it would be easy to give him the edge. Um, but McDermott is, you know, climbing and peaking in his career, and Tomlin, Tomlin like Roethlisberger and like the Steelers, are declining. So uh, I would give the edge to the Bills here. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. Sometimes I love Mike Tomlin, and other times I'm thinking, what the hell? are you doing you know he's never had a losing season yeah that's a pretty amazing statistic yeah and he's been there since like 2007 or 8 or something like that yeah yeah yeah. 2007 um i don't know man uh yeah i'll give it to mcdermott i'll I'll give it to the bills this time i i just can't give the maybe it's not tomlin's call here but i can't give the organization too much credit for looking at ben roethlisberger and what happened last year and deciding yeah we'll do that again that to me you you've got to make a call get somebody in there as a stopgap type guy if you don't want to draft one but you cannot just roll out ben roethlisberger again i i just think that was a bad call yeah but but at the same time i think their hands were kind of tied right like um Ben Roethlisberger had a huge cap number that they were able to take down a little bit because they restructured it and everything. But even so, I don't think that his the way his contract was, they could just cut him outright and save all that money. They would be stuck with a lot of dead money. Um, and Ben Roethlisberger kind of, I don't know, at the time I was thinking, this seems a little bit pathetic for like a Super Bowl winning quarterback and stuff like that. He was basically saying he'd play for free as long as he got to play with the Steelers. And I understand that's, you know, loyalty and everything like that, but still it was kind of sad, like just the circumstances, how he's definitely like, at the end of the road. Like no self-respect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I will literally pay you to play. <laughs> for yeah. a Super Bowl winning quarterback. He's yeah. been with this team for like 15 years. Yeah. Exactly. Well, but, I, if I were them, I would have drafted somebody. Get a, get some sort of project into the room. Show oh, no, your man. fan base something. They got Mason, Mason Rudolph, and they did get uh, Dwayne Haskins, remember? Yeah. So, I mean... True. I'm not a huge Dwayne Haskins guy. I don't think a lot of people around the league are either, but uh, maybe they feel like they can tap into his potential. Right? Maybe. But I don't know if Matt Canada, their offensive coordinator, is going to be the guy to do that. I think uh, you've heard some weird things about Matt Canada in the past, so we'll see if he's the guy to get it done. Well, at least for now, I think we can give the nod to the Bills in most categories. So, in general, do you see the Steelers making the playoffs this year? um, No. I think we're going to get one of Mike Tomlin's, like, uh, I was almost about to say 8-8. and That is so weird. Um, I know. I hate it. The new record thing is so confusing. There's no, like, perfect record. Subtracting from 17 is so difficult. (laughs) <laughs> um, I'm going to say that we're going to get like a 9-8 and eight season out of the Steelers. No oh, playoffs. So you still think he's going to get his winning record, huh? Yeah, yeah, I do. I do. I also see the Steelers missing the playoffs. Um, okay. And that brings up a point 
a statistic that I was hearing on the radio a whole lot today. I do not credit me for coming up with this stat, but they were saying it a lot on the radio that every year at least four new teams make the playoffs who didn't make it the previous year, which obviously means four teams who were in it last year don't get in. Now this changes a little bit because now there are 17 teams in the playoffs, so maybe you're not going to get four. Maybe it'll be three from now on, although last year this held. Um, But along with the Steelers which it seems we both agree will be a team who won't make the playoffs next year. Who would you pick of last year's playoff teams to not make the playoffs this year? you got to pick three more, at least. I have to pick three more? Oh, yeah, okay. it's four every year. Stats don't Yeah, lie. yeah, but I mean, I think this is going to be the year that that streak ends, personally. Um, but if I had to pick three of the teams, three other teams besides the Steelers who would not make the playoffs... Um, I'm going to go with the Titans. Whoa. Yeah. That's, that's a wild one. I'm really low on the Titans. Uh, Interesting. This I think you're going to think... have to explain your stance on that. I did okay. not expect you to pick Tennessee. I know. Yeah, maybe I should have saved that for last crap. Um, I know a lot of people are high, especially on, on uh, Julio Jones, after Julio Jones headed over there and everything. But I just think that losing Arthur Smith and – uh, his ability to put players in the perfect situations like Ryan Tannehill, I think is going to be a huge loss. And I'm not trying to predict an injury here. I hate to do that or project anything like that happening, but you got to imagine, man, Derek Henry, he's been, they've been riding him hard these last couple seasons. And I feel like it could catch up with him. And if he's got to be the driving engine of this team, because Ryan Tannehill, Tannehill isn't playing to the level that he had under Arthur Smith, then I don't know. I could see their offense falling off. Their defense, that's another thing. People talk about Mike Vrabel being a defensive guy. Not a very good defense. And you have to wonder where the pass rush is coming from because it didn't work last year, even though they spent big in free agency. And granted, they spent terribly on Vic Beasley, I think it was, and uh, um, Oh, man, what's his name? Jadavion Clowney. But mm. did not work out for them. Well, so. good points. And I think that the, the Derrick Henry argument, which is something we've talked about even on the podcast, saying like he can't keep this up, 2,000 rushing yards every year for <laughs> too many more seasons. It's got to start to decline for Derrick Henry. His size and everything, you just can't see a running back like that carry that sort of workload. My fantasy team hopes otherwise because I did end up with him this year. Um, but oh, obviously, man. if he falls off, then Tannehill doesn't have that cushion that the amazing running game with Derrick Henry provides. So you, you could be in trouble there. But I think you can play that game with a lot of teams. You know, you can say sure. if this guy gets hurt, then the team is in trouble. Um, go ahead, keep going. Tennessee shocked me. Really? Okay. Um, I'm going to go also with the Saints. I think the Saints will be a completely different team without Drew Brees. And um, they made it work for a long portion of last season, mixing in Jameis Winston and playing Taysom Hill at quarterback. But this is going to be the Jameis Winston show, right? And so with the Jameis Winston show comes a roller coaster of outcomes. <laughs> and yeah, the only Pick member City. of the 30 for 30. Yeah, the only member of the 30 for 30 club. Um or 30 and 30 club. But yeah, the Saints would be my pick. I think their defense is aging as well and 
you know, that's a, that's going to be a tough division. Sam Darnold coming in and I feel like he's going to blow the doors off of, uh, the, the opponents of the Carolina Panthers. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, Another hot take. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm all about, bro. And you... the hottest take perhaps because of where my original football allegiance lies. I do not think that the Indianapolis Colts will make the playoffs. Oh, I'm glad you said that. Cause uh, I was going to pick Indy too. And I thought you were going to be upset, but they just seem like they're yeah. starting the year in like the worst possible way. Dude. They're like this year's version of the, uh, 49ers like Murphy's law is hitting them and they're just an injury madhouse right now here's the problem with your predictions though you just picked Indy and Tennessee not to make the playoffs so you rolling Trevor Lawrence into the first round or what's happening there yeah man Trevor Lawrence baby (laughs) wow that's an interesting pick rookie head coach in the NFL making the playoffs bold Bold. It's it's going to be a hotly contested AFC South, that's for sure. I guess so. Um, If I had to pick four, I would pick Indy to be one of the four. I'd pick Pittsburgh to be one of the four who don't repeat a playoff uh, appearance. Um, I'm going to leave Tennessee in because I believe they're taking that division. And then um, I also would take uh, New Orleans, but I'll leave them. I'm going to take Chicago. They're Mm. not getting in again. And I think that the NFC East is still such a toss-up that Washington could very easily not make it. So yeah, I'll pull I them out about as Washington well. Too. Yeah. I mean, again, similar to Jameis Winston with the Saints, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick with the Washington Redskins gives you a whole gamut of uh, out- possible outcomes, right? And The only thing you know is that he won't make the playoffs. <laughs> no, this is the year that that streak is broken. Just as this is the year that the streak of your four different or four playoff teams from the year before don't qualify, that is broken as well. You should put your money down on this stuff in Vegas if you're so sure of it, because these are some long records that you're predicting get broken. Yeah, man. Uh, the other one, too, while we're on the subject, is of the conference championship teams. It turns out that for 25 straight years, one of the four teams from the AFC and NFC championship games has also missed the playoffs in the following season. And I've got a list here of, you know, every year the teams or team who has missed following appearing in the AFC or NFC championship game since 1997. It's wild. That's a shocking statistic to me. Yeah. Um, So we didn't pick any of the four conference championship teams in our list we just made, but given this statistic, Seems like one of Buffalo, Kansas City, Green Bay, or Tampa is not going to make the playoffs this year. Mathematically, that's a reality. So which of those four doesn't get in? I'll let you start. Well, it's not Buffalo. Of those (laughs) teams, none of them are ascending harder than Buffalo right now. Would you agree with that? I will keep my comments to myself until you finish yours. Okay. So of those four, if you're looking at teams that are on the up and up, the Bills are the most uppest of those four. The ups. (laughs) Uppest of the ups. Yeah. I think that they're primed to achieve at absolutely the level they achieved at last year or better because of the consistency and because of where Josh Allen's at in his career and the weapons they have. So of those four teams, the Bills are climbing hardest. 
Uh, I think Kansas City is obviously still, you know, they haven't peaked. Their players aren't in their primes. Uh, you know, they're still early on. So I, I wouldn't pick Kansas City to miss the playoffs. I would take one of these two NFC teams. And if I had to pick one of the two NFC teams to miss the playoffs, I would take the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Really? Old, because? Old, old. How old is Tom Brady? Is he 44? 40, 40, no. He's 43 now, right? His legs have to just fall out from under him at some point, right? Oh, he is 44. Oh, my God. He just turned 44 at the beginning of August. Wow. He is 44 years old. So yeah. I don't think it's ridiculous to think that one of these days, age finally catches up to this guy. Someone hits him. He wakes up with back pain. Whatever. I think that the most likely scenario of these four teams is that Tom Brady is done and the whole Buccaneers season hits the toilet because of that. That's my most likely scenario. Okay. So what I'm going to say is going to upset you. I understand that. Do not say it. Do not. Do not. And I don't want to speak this into existence, but you're kind of forcing me because you're telling me I have to pick one of these three. You don't have to do what you're about to do. If I have to pick one of these four teams, which I think, to be fair, all four of these teams will be the conference championship teams again in 2021. But if I have to choose one, Graham, I'm going to go with the Buffalo Bills. You better have some serious explaining you're about to do. And the reason I have the Buffalo Bills is because the Chiefs are the Chiefs but arguably better because I think they've fixed their offensive line issues. Well, they have a new offensive line, but it's not like they've replaced them with this proven core. Well, everybody's talking about their rookie guy who I can't remember his name off the top of my head anymore, but uh, they got a rookie who looks great. They have Orlando Brown Jr. who they traded for, who I think is going to be a major upgrade over uh, Eric Fisher from last season. And, I just feel like overall, you know, they're so steady, they're so talented that it's everything's pointing up for the Chiefs still. With the Buccaneers, it's just it's hard to argue against the same team that won the Super Bowl, bro. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, Tom Brady's older, but you could make the argument that he's even better uh, in a better position than he was last year with the short off season, not really knowing his his teammates that well and stuff like that um heard about the knee injury uh, that he had surgery for in the offseason and hope uh, hopefully because i'm not a buccaneers fan but you know uh you're hoping if you are the buccaneers that that makes him even better somehow and with uh, the green bay packers man like aaron Rodgers is so pissed off you know he's so pissed off he, he made a huge show out of it all offseason and if this is going to be his last dance, as he and Devontae Adams kind of spoke about on social media, then I can imagine him just rolling through teams into the Super Bowl. See, that's the only so, point of anything you've just said that I agree with. The Packers are going to roll. They're, they have yeah. a good roster and a quarterback who's furious and good, and they're going to be fine. What but about the Chiefs? The Chiefs offensive the Chiefs? line thing doesn't make any sense. What, so they're starting two rookies and a second-year player who didn't play last year on their offensive line, and because they signed Orlando Brown, they're somehow better? Yes. 
Disagree. Disagree hard. And All right. as for the old men in the NFC, I think that it's more likely that either of them get hurt and miss the year than it is that the Bills regress in on the whole well, to the point that no, they don't listen, make the playoffs. I'm not saying that the Bills even need to really regress. I'm just saying that, you know, it's not always a linear issue, you know? Like, you can't take a team that got eight wins and looked good at the end of the season and automatically peg them for 10 wins the next season or 11 wins after that or whatever. You know, like, I could very easily see the Bills um, getting to the conference championship but losing again. I could also see them getting, you know, knocked out early. Eh, you don't know. Yeah, but we're like, talking about missing the playoffs here. We're not talking about a disappointing missing playoff. Missing the playoffs? No, no, no. We're talking about the cha- the conference championship, you said. We're talking about which of these four conference championship teams is most likely to miss the postseason next year. Oh, my God. Okay, so this segment just went. <laughs> I, I completely <laughs> misunderstood this segment. No. Okay, so if we're talking about getting back to the championship game. That's a different discussion. But which of these teams is most likely oh. to not even get in? the playoffs oh my god how did i miss that okay oh good okay um, so all of you listeners can calm down he just didn't yeah, get yeah. It. put the pitchforks away people jeez take a breath take okay. a seat he's okay. gonna try again all right um hmm in that case yeah i would say only under extraordinary circumstances then it's chiefs yeah Ooh. Yeah. Chiefs. Yep. And why? I mean, what would be the scenario? So, so you picked the Buccaneers because of Tom Brady, right? Yeah, I think um, these teams are all great. And in all honesty, because there are 17 playoff teams now, the streak's probably going to get broken. It's a miracle it didn't get broken last year. It's just that the 49ers had crazy injury, bad luck, sure. and that's why. So it's going to sure. get broken this year. All four of these teams are probably going to make the playoffs this year. But the most likely scenario to me is that this 44-year-old quarterback breaks his knees, and he's done. That's that's the scenario. Right. But what I would say is look at that division versus the AFC West as well. And like Tom Brady is an important piece, no doubt. But is there any team that relies more on their quarterback than um, the Chiefs, right, with Patrick Mahomes? We saw Chad Henney come in late last season and and um, play some heroics and whatever, but if for some reason Patrick Mahomes was not able to go, that team would be absolutely screwed. And I think yeah. that the Broncos are a playoff team this year uh, under the steady quarterback play of Teddy Bridgewater. I think that the Raiders could be pushing for a playoff spot. And the Chargers, man, like the Chargers could definitely be in the playoffs if they continue to look good with uh, Justin Herbert and if uh, their new coach – Brandon Staley can bring some, I don't know, stability to that defense. Yeah, that's another thing that we should do. We should fill out a playoff prediction. I actually did. I hope you didn't see mine, but I sent it out in our group message with our buddies. I predicted oh, no, I who I think the playoff teams are going to be. Um, but yeah. you're, that is a pretty good point, I think, that of all these divisions, if any of these teams slip even by a fraction, that's the division where the rest of the teams can swallow you up if you lose even a little bit of ground. Whereas, yep. you know the NFC North and the AFC East and the uh, NFC South or you got space. You could, you could lose a couple games and still win your division if you're the Bucks or the Packers or the Bills. So 
Good point there. All right, good. I'm glad we got that cleared up. Yeah, me too. That would have been <laughs> that would have been real bad. All right, so anything else on the NFL, Graham? I think we nah, much I'm pumped there. for Week One. This game on Thursday night. Oh, we got to pick our guarantees. Let's do that really quickly. So we're gonna do a survivor pool. Um, Ooh, yes. Just you versus me. Every week, we're gonna pick one team that we guarantee wins their game this week, and you can't pick the same team two weeks in a row. Eric, you're gonna get your first shot here. Uh, because you did win, you did win uh, another Sporkle. Oh. Now, I didn't see your screen, uh, so y- you know you could be lying. But we played the. <laughs> can you name the quarterbacks <laughs> who have started a game for the Bills since 1999? Game on Sporkle. You should definitely check it out. Uh, posted by a guy named Uncle Bucko. But it's a fun Sporkle game, um, and I was able to only come up with 15 of 19. And Eric says he says. <laughs> Someone seems salty. He says yeah. he got all 19. I got 19 is... out of 19 with 48 seconds left to go. Now, the only one that I missed that I'm salty about is Kelly Holcomb. I should have got the eight games he played okay. in 2005. What's your problem? That what I should is have wrong had. With the only other, I missed Brian Brom, two games in 2009, and Matt Castle and Mac Barkley. I, I should have got Mac Barkley, too, uh, because it's so yeah. recent. But, um, you know, I was pretty proud of myself for, like, Thaddeus Lewis, Alex Van Pelt, yep. These are old Nate Peterman. I got his games, Derek Anderson. Um, so I was pretty happy with my performance for the most part, but it definitely does not beat 19 out of 19. So you get to go I don't want to. I don't want to give away my strategy entirely, but I started or I tried to at least start with the most like obscure quarterbacks and the ones that I would easily forget. Like um, I was thinking of Thad Lewis as soon as we started doing it and then plugged him in real quick. I got lucky with a uh, tool time, and I ended up being stuck still, though, on two pretty obscure ones with, as you mentioned before, Matt Castle. And, um, ooh, I can't remember the other one now, top of my head. We got to sit here and hear how proud you are of yourself, do we? Yeah, yeah, you do. This is this like a post game interview? We don't care how you did it. All right. Okay. Good on Anyway, you. let's keep going. Yeah, someone's salty. Okay, so, um, for my and the way we're doing this, Graham, of course, uh, in, in the traditional survival fashion, is that you get to pick one team, and then that's the only time you can pick them all season. Yeah, right. So this is risky from a couple different perspectives, but I want to be sure or as sure as I can. It's week one; anything can happen. I'm going to go with San Fran. So I'm going to go with the 49ers over Detroit. That is about as sure a thing as you get. So yeah. <laughs> good call. Uh, that's another team, too. I know you're high on San Francisco. I'm not right. super yeah. high on San Francisco. So that's a team to me where, like, you get a win out of them early if you can because I don't know how that's all going to play out well, with see, Garoppolo that's, and Trey Lance. I think it's the opposite. So, like, I, I'm worried about burning a good team early on. But, you know, like I said, uh, anything can happen week one. I'm a little scared of – the uncertainty, so I'll just go with Kyle Shanahan and the boys. Well, good for you. I'm not scared. My pick week one team I guarantee is going to win is the Buffalo Bills at home against the what? Steelers. Guaranteed. So you're going to burn the Buffalo Bills right off the bat? Yep, and the reason is we have running bets. Remember the ep- – uh, let's see, which episode was it? We guaranteed so in our third episode, um, oh, okay. episode three, 
we picked a team that we guaranteed the Bills would beat this year. And my pick was Pittsburgh, so I'm going to stick with them because I still believe six-and-a-half-point favorites at home. I'm going to be there. I can't even stand how exciting it's going to be. Um, but I guarantee the Bills win this week. It's a lock. Okay. Fair enough. So the way that this works, uh, we're going to log it in Yahoo, but we get three strikes, and if we get three of these wrong, then it's over for us. Um, but I, I would hope we do better than that, so we'll see. Oh, we certainly will. Okay. okay. So that's it for the NFL. Now it is time to run to the European League of Football Grand. Wah, wah, wah. <sighs> Some unfortunate news for the Leipzig Kings. They... Basically, in their win and in, it was a playoff game, actually, from the perspective of the many fans that I know who were at the game. Um, I wasn't able to make it, but they played the Roll Claw Panthers and were not able to get it done. So, the Leipzig Panthers, like me, will be watching the ELF, the ELF playoffs from home. And this also means that you owe me a play to famous Dave's because my Hamburg sea devils did qualify for the playoffs and uh, could potentially win the North division championship. They'll be playing that game while we're tailgating this bills game on Sunday. So got a lot, a lot of excitement on Sunday. Yeah. Well, I hope you find out that the Hamburg sea devils have lost at the same time that you find yourself choking on your beer. I don't drink beer. No? Oh, okay. No. It's pretty good. You should try it. No. Only water. Got to stay hydrated. Mm-hmm. The Kings had it. They had it in front of them. They had their I whole know. season. We talked about it going into it. We said, in three weeks, there could be a game between the Panthers and the Kings that will determine the playoffs. And we said, in two weeks, it could happen. Obviously, we took two weeks off here. Um, and then uh, it happened. So, what a shame. Yeah. Maybe next year. Well, what it showed me is that Germany has crazy football fans just like the States, you know. Um, I've heard more than one uh, fan of the ELF posit that maybe, just maybe, these games were too exciting and that there was some shadowy figure uh, controlling the outcomes of these games because it seemed like every time that there was one thing that could happen that could make the game even more exciting, that thing would always happen. And so there were a couple salty Leipzig fans that I've spoken to that were saying, you know, it just seems like it was right out of a movie. And, and yeah, they just wanted it to be a photo finish. And, yeah, that's the only reason the Panthers won. Uh, too bad. Well, we had fun covering the Alf. That was a, a oh, good it's not done yet. It's not done yet, bro. We still have to cover the playoffs. Then we have to cover the uh, awards. I, as a, you know, media personality here in Germany. I placed my vote for the uh, ELF MVP award race. Uh, yeah, so no big deal. Who'd you vote for? It's definitely not something that's just open to any fan that logs onto the website either. Oh, really? Um, they, they actually have a vote somehow programmed into that website? There's no way those votes go anywhere. It's just I think it's like, you I think it's like a Google, into an empty word. No, document. no. It's like a Google poll thing, um, and they have, like, three players from each team. So, yeah. Um, who do you think I voted for, bro? Madre London. Think? Hell yeah, Madre London. My guy, Madre London. A man amongst boys. 
What are his stats? How many yards did he rush for this season? I believe over 2,000 rushing yards and <laughs> In 10 like games. 20, 22 rushing touchdowns. So, yeah, he was, he was averaging well over 200 yards a game. Um, wow. Yeah, what do you, who's your pick for the MVP award? Um, I am going to vote for – let me pull up my Hamburg Sea Devils. Let me find a name. Wow, he's our quarterback, and he's the man. Oh, what's his uh, name, huh? Well, you got to build the suspense. <laughs> he is a man, and Art. he is our quarterback. <laughs> and he does. He plays quarterback. Uh, J- J- uh, Jadrian so Clark. <laughs> Jadrian, Jadrian Clark, huh? Yeah, he he carried the team this season, so I'm going to go with him. Yeah. He's my vote. Yeah. yeah. Sorry to hear that about your Kings. Anyway. You know what, man? Forget you. All right. Well, that should do it. Uh, I'm going to send you some pictures. I'm going to get them to that, that intern and make sure you post them because, seriously, that game is going to be out of control. I don't think I've ever been yeah. to a game that's going to be as exciting as this week's game will be, so I can't wait. Right. Oh, he, I'm holding his feet over the fire. He knows it. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> All right, anything else you want to add, or should we wrap it up? No, I'm good, man. Just excited. Can't wait to see what happens this weekend. Yeah, it's going to be good. All right, then. That's it for this week's episode of Let's Talk Bills. Please make sure to, I almost said it again, uh, like and subscribe. Please make sure to, yeah, find us wherever you listen to podcasts, whether it's iTunes, Spotify, whatever, um, subscribe and leave us a five-star review, please. Really appreciate it. Go a long uh, way. And look for me. I'll be, I'll be the one in the Josh Allen jersey at the stadium. So if you see me, come up to me and say, hey. The one. Yep. Yeah, look for that guy. (laughs) All right. All set. All right. See you later. later.